You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back and good morning. I am Heather Caro. I'm your host this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for letting us into your homes, your cars, your workplaces. Uh, we've had a great first hour. We started with Glenn Gower talking about uh, revival. And then Mark Ellerkamp, if you missed that last uh, conversation we had about the fish fry capital of the world, you want to go back and take a listen to that, you can do so on realpresenceradio.com. Moving right along, we've got Dan Belinsky on the line with us. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to have you on. You're going to be on talking about a premiere of a movie, End of the Rope. So first, mm-hmm. before we dive into that, can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, Dan? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> I direct the theater program at the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota. I live there with my wife and five kids, and um, I'm the founder of Canticle Productions. And Canticle Productions is a, a film production company that's dedicated to telling um, inspiring stories from uh, the Great Plains. And so End of the Rope here is our third feature film, and we're starting in theaters, and then it'll be up on streaming platforms later this year. End of the Rope is based on a true story of the 1931 Charles Bannon case, Um, and so it's a a story that a lot of people in North Dakota have a connection to. Yeah. So how did you get into theater? How did you get into making movies? Um, I got my MFA in... uh, acting from Columbia University in New York City, and I worked uh, professionally as an actor for a few years in um, New York City. Um, and that was my initial experience with uh, with film and, and theater. But then the University of Mary reached out to me and uh, asked me to come direct a program here uh, in Bismarck. And um, at that point, you know, I had grown up in the Midwest. My wife grew up in the Midwest, and um, it seemed like a, a good place to raise a family, which it is. Yeah. Um, and we were we were tired of schlepping kids up and down subways hmm. um, in New York City, so we were we were ready for a change. And so, what makes Canticle Productions different than other production companies? Well, the mission is really to glorify God. I mean, the name mm-hmm. of the company is Canticle. Canticle means song of praise to God. Mm-hmm. And I'm really fascinated by this idea of creating Catholic art. Like, Catholic means universal. Um, and I think so often, you know, there's a label, there's a, la- there's a you know, quote-unquote Christian label that's given to some art, and especially film, <clears throat> and what people mean by that label, whether it's justified or not, is that it's um, kind of small or narrow or targeted at a at a small group of people. Mm-hmm. But when I think of like the great Catholic art of the of history, which is you know Mozart's uh, masses or um, the Michelangelo's work in the Sistine Chapel, or even the Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, these are Catholic works, mm-hmm. you know, uh, works that are steeped in um, in Catholicism, and yet they're very accessible to uh, audiences that aren't Catholic because they're just so beautiful. They capture um, the, the beauty of God's creation so magnificently. And um, so I'm not comparing the work that, that I do to, to Michelangelo, but I, I, I mean, at least we're setting him up as kind of like the goal yeah. here. Like the, the, you know, what, what we're aiming for in creating Catholic art um, that 
that uh, focuses, in terms of the film work, focuses no more on, on telling a good story mm-hmm. um, that's uh, grounded in an emotional reality so that um, we can introduce Catholic themes and Christian themes and themes of good and evil, um, you know, that, that firmly grounded in a, uh, in a moral universe. Um, but but do it in such a way that uh, audiences who aren't Catholic will still be drawn in because of mm-hmm. the good storytelling and uh, and the characters that they can um, follow and latch onto. Absolutely. Well, and I yeah. I'm a huge supporter of things like this because in a world that is so bombarded with um, media that we can't trust, literally, um, mm-hmm. when something like this is coming out and something like this is happening, I find it very important to support any good works. You know what I mean? And especially to yeah. encourage them to continue. Um, yeah, so thank you. the latest thing that has come out is uh, the Jesus Revolution, and it's not 100% mm-hmm. Catholic or anything, but I went to the theater just to support it because it's mm-hmm. important for us to stand up and say, this is the type of material we prefer. <laughs> mm-hmm. This matters yeah. to us. This is important. Um, right. And, so I, I and love that movie... Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, go ahead. I, I was going to say, that, that movie is based on a true story, and I find that... <clears throat> I find that um, taking true stories um, mm-hmm. is, a, is a great way um, to, to make this kind of work, because you can't really... You can't deny what's true, you know, what, what really right. happened. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like, um, yeah, it just elevates the, the material. Um, and I found that, you know, just with the, with the North Dakota stories and the stories of the Great Plains that uh, we're developing, that we have produced and that we're developing right now for production, most of them are based on, on true stories. And, um, yeah, I mean, you can see God working um, in these true stories. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, End of the Rope, where did the idea, how did you get inspired to begin this one? Sure, so uh, this is based on a true story that happened in 1931 in northwest North Dakota. It was a very interesting period of history. It was the beginning of the Great Depression. Um, In 1931, Schaefer, North Dakota, was very different from 1931 New York or 1931 Chicago. It was just one generation off of the homesteading era, um, and um, it was a very isolated community up there. Um, they were cut off on three sides by water, and so law and order hmm. was in Bismarck. That was the closest place, but it might as well have been in Chicago because it was just days or you know even a week hmm. away. Help, um, and so in this context, um, there was a there was a family that disappeared from their farm and um, their farmhand claim that they moved to Oregon, as a lot of people did uh, during the Great Depression. But um, the sheriff doesn't believe him, and um, he has to investigate their disappearance while at the same time keeping the townspeople at bay because they're uh, furious and they're ready to take justice into their own hands against the, the farmhand. Hmm. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting uh, just social... Uh, it, it raises a lot of social <laughs> questions, yeah. um, and um, is uh, is something that a lot of the folks, uh, especially up in the Northwest North Dakota, um, they have some kind of family connection to. Like their grandparents were involved in the events of uh, of, of the story. 
But what we did, um, it sounds like a pretty grim story, you know, on the face of it. Um, but I think, you know, what, what elevates it and makes it a, a canticle production is really just rooting it in its main character. It was one of the early questions, and I think this is a question for for all storytellers and like a way to, to elevate material and really bring out the true good and beautiful and no matter what true story you're you're looking at it's whose perspective are we telling it from whose eyes are we seeing this through um and uh, we chose to tell this story through the eyes of the sheriff who's a good man who's put in a difficult situation like if you think of the old western film high noon gary mm-hmm. cooper um, you know, being told through that story, he's wrestling with, um, you know, what's the right thing to do in this uh, in this difficult situation. We kind of took that as a model for our film, too. Well, folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Dan Belinsky. He is the producer and writer of End of the Rope movie that will be um, coming out in April, being released out into theaters. Um, Dan, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the movie and how it got started and how you even got interested in this specific story. And then I want to dive in a little bit more to something that you said about uh, society as a whole. And I see how this is kind of representing um, society as a whole and how we are so close to the brink, (laughs) if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, But let's dive into that a little bit more, Dan, on the other side of this break. So folks, stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Faith as Meeting One has never achieved complete faith. Faith has to be lived again and again in life and in suffering, as well as in the great joys that God sends us. It is never something that I can put in my pocket like a coin. The essence of faith is that I do not meet with something that has been thought up, but that here something meets me that is greater than anything we can think of ourselves. The Christian faith brings us consolation that God is so great that he can become small and that he is actually for me the unexpected and previously inconceivable greatness of God that he is able to bow down so low. That he himself really enters into a man, no longer merely disguises himself in him so that he can later put him aside and put on another garment, but that he becomes this man. It is just in this that we actually see the truly infinite nature of God, for this is more powerful, more inconceivable than anything else, and at the same time more saving. This very God, who has the power to realize love in such a way that he himself is present in a man, that he is there and introduces himself to us, that he associates himself with us, is exactly what we need in order to escape from having to live to the end with fragments and half-truths. 
This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Carroll. I'm broadcasting today from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining me. We're having a great conversation with Dan, Dan Belinsky from the End of the Rope movie. He works for Canical Productions, and this is their latest and greatest movie that will be coming out. Um, and during the break, I had asked you, where do you come up with your ideas for your movies? Yeah, um, well, they can come from all different kinds of places, um, but this one for End of the Rope came from uh, an individual who was involved in a previous film called Sanctified, and they had a personal connection to the events of this story, and they knew the author of this small history book called End of the Rope that was written by a, a lawyer and historian up in Watford City named Dennis Johnson. And I went up and I met with Dennis, and um, we hit it off, and um, we decided to work together to, to um, finance and produce this the the story based on his book and based on the actual events. So, the where was the film filmed, and um, where yeah. did you get the actors and actresses? We shot three weeks in Watford City, North Dakota, and one week in uh, Bismarck, North Dakota. Um, we cast a lot uh, locally. Most of the cast and crew were from North Dakota and South Dakota, but um, we pulled uh, our leads from larger markets um, across the country and some of the department heads that we had for the crew, like our DP and our cinematographer and you know, some of the other department heads we pulled from uh, across the country as well. It was important for us to keep the bar uh, for the production value very high mm-hmm. um, while also making it you know, a, a community project um, as well. Hmm. Very interesting. So the was there an overarching theme that came out throughout the movie? I know we touched on that briefly, but what are some of the themes people can experience, um, and is it appropriate for like, children? Yeah, well, it's rated, I would say it's like a PG-13 uh, okay. rating. I'd say if, if anyone has seen Star Wars movies, that's the kind of level of that. There's no, there's no kind of nudity or sexual content at all. There's uh, very limited language, but there's some, you know, there's, it's, uh, there's suspense and there's some action violence. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a movie that explores, you know, what is, what is justice and what does a what does a person do um, when faced with a very difficult situation you know we see the eyes we, we see the events of the story through the eyes of our sheriff and mm-hmm. it's difficult for the sheriff because the family that disappears are his very dear friends and he has a, his own personal history with the farmhand that makes him very distrustful and even hostile towards him. But at the same time, he knows that he has uh, a job to do as the sheriff. His job is to uphold justice there. And so he finds himself put in the position where he's defending the farmhand from the wrath of the entire town, even though he's on the side of the town. Yeah. 
Um, and so, you know, this idea of, you know, doing the right thing is never easy. Um, mm -hmm. and, um, it's, it's complicated and you can have your own family and friends be turning, uh, against you or, you know, hold opinions that are in con uh, you know, against yours. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, the, the good thing is never, or the right thing is never an easy thing to do. Yeah. Well, and I like, too, that it, it, ex it shows that even just because the majority is feeling one way and the majority is doing something doesn't make it right, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I like bringing that out and saying, okay, sometimes it's going to be really tough and it's going to be, you're going to be the odd man out and you're going to be singled out mm -hmm. and the whole town could be after you, but you still, there's truth in truth, you know. And mm -hmm. I, I, I like that theme being shown because we tend to feel that way sometimes in our world today yeah it's easy to feel i mean especially with the media the way that it operates it's easy to feel like you're you know, one man or one small group against an overwhelming tide of opposition mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely so when will the movie be premiering and where will where can people go see it yeah, so we're starting in um, in North Dakota. We're going to be showing in theaters around North Dakota starting this weekend. We'll be hitting some theaters in South Dakota uh, as well. Um, it'll be playing at the Minneapolis International Film Festival. It'll be playing at some theaters in Montana and, and um, Canada. Um, but we're, um, you know, it's a story that a lot of people in the upper Midwest here have some connection to. And so I always encourage people, you know, if people are listening in and they say, and they have a, you know, a theater in their hometown that they like to bring the film to, then um, they should reach out to us through our website, canticle-productions.com, and we can see about bringing the film to theaters. Um, we've ran Sanctified, our previous film, in about 40 or 50 theaters just around the region, and um, we're definitely open to, you know, people bringing the, the, the movie into their hometown and kind of hosting it. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had some successful screenings that way. Um, after this theatrical release, then we'll attach a, a distributor and we'll get it up on streaming platforms probably by the fall. Um, the streaming platforms across the country and, and across the world. Nice. So where does funding for something like this come from, Dan? It comes from private investors, mostly people who uh, believe in the project, believe in the mission of the, the company and who have a... Uh, an attachment to the the story, um, and so yeah, um, wow. there's these aren't um, these aren't just donations, but these are you know financial investments. And our goal is to make our money back for our investors. Nice, beautiful. Well, Dan, any last words, thoughts about uh, the movie before we have to let you go? No, I would just say <clears throat> you can follow the film on uh, the website endoftheropefilm.com, and we have a Facebook page as well. Um, and, um, you yeah, we, we can stay in touch with us through our company website, canticle-productions.com. We have a lot of projects in the works uh, that will be coming out in the next few years. All right. So what are, what are some of the other projects you have in the works? So we're working on a story about um, <clears throat> a girl named Hazel Miner. She was a 15-year-old farm girl living in... Uh, center North Dakota in 1920. She got caught in a blizzard with her younger brother and sister, and she had to keep them alive for 25 hours in sub-zero no temperatures. Um, yeah, beneath an overturned wagon, and she kept them alive, you know, kept them awake by praying and playing games and doing exercises, anything that she can do uh, to keep them alive. But a very, um, a story of real Christ-like sacrifice. Um, that film. Um, I'm also working on a, a film that's an adaptation of the story of St. Tarsicius, 
um, uh, that will uh, that's very Eucharistic. I think in uh, along with um, this uh, Eucharistic revival that's going on mm-hmm. right now, we wanted to make a film that really highlighted highlighted devotion to the Eucharist through this saint story. And so, I'm very excited about that project as well. Beautiful. So, do you have a lot of college students that help you with some of these things, or how does you of Mary tie into that? <laughs> Yeah, so we have interns from the University of Mary who serve as uh, production assistants. They can also get um, credit from uh, class credit uh, by participating in the productions. Um, there's also been students from other local universities um, who are eager and hardworking and um, want to be involved. And so um, I uh, I always encourage um, you know local local students. Um, you know, especially if they're going to Catholic universities, are interested are in um, in going into a career in media. It's a really wonderful experience to work with mm-hmm. uh, top industry professionals um, and and get that professional experience. Absolutely. Well, Dan, tell us again where people can see the movie, where you're going to be releasing it first, um, all those good things. Yeah, sure. So it'll start and uh, it'll be released this weekend in Watford City, North Dakota, and then we'll be touring it around. We'll be in uh, Fargo and Grand Forks at the end of this month, and we'll be in Williston and Minot um, uh, April 14th and 15th, and then we'll be in Bismarck April 21st and 22nd. We'll be in Belfield and Dickinson April 28th. Um, And then we'll be also playing in other theaters um, around the region, including South Dakota and Montana and Minnesota um, throughout throughout April as well. And so the best place to check out all the screenings would be the website, endoftheropefilm.com. Perfect. Dan, thank you so much, and may God bless all your wonderful work. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, folks, that was Dan Belinsky. He was talking about the End of the Rope movie. Um, Sounds really interesting, and you can see a preview for it on uh, the website and check out Um, how you can maybe bring it to your local area. He said that is an option of people bringing it to your local um, movie theater. And, you know, just reiterating that I firmly believe in supporting activities and groups like this that are doing good things in the media, obviously, because, you know, we think Real Presence Radio is pretty awesome in the media. (laughs) But so that is, it's called End of the Rope. And it's Canticle Productions. And so if you want to check out more information on where you can see End of the Rope and possibly bring End of the Rope to your area and host it at one of your theaters, um, I would highly recommend doing that. So if you missed any of his interview, we do um, upload all of our interviews at the end of the show. And you can find all of those on any podcast platform that you use. And also through our website, uh, realpresenceradio.com. And a lot of people forget that we have an app, a free app that you can download. It's called Real Presence Radio. And just download it. And then there's a lot of different things you can do on our app. And that's including listening to one of our podcasts. So we have to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking with Father Robert Horahan, who is going to be talking about the Bishop and Rector's Dinner. And their guest speaker, of course, is Bishop Robert Barron. So we're pretty excited to talk about that and see what that's all about. So folks, stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local. 
This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 